All right, if you have your Bibles, if you turn to Deuteronomy 21, Deuteronomy chapter number 21, and um, we're going to be talking to, about something tonight that um, I have perfected, uh, child discipline. Um, over three years of parenting, I've learned everything that there is to know uh, about raising children, and um, obviously, I say that facetiously. Um, today we speak uh, from the authority of God's Word, um, not from my own practical experience. And so, uh, as, we, as we investigate this passage, I hope that we'll keep uh, our hearts and our minds open um, as we uh, focus on what God has for us uh, this evening. We're going to be in verse number 18 of Deuteronomy chapter number 21. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him will not hearken unto them, then shall his father and mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of his city and unto the gate of his place, and they shall say unto the elders of his city, This is our son. Uh, he is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Let's pray one more time. Lord, I pray that as we study your word today, as we uh, journey into this next chapter of Deuteronomy, that you would take uh, your word, that you would uh, apply it to our hearts, and that you'd help us to see uh, through this really the, the sacrifice uh, that you've made for us. The, the gift that you've given us and the hope that we have uh, because of that gift. And God, we pray that uh, as we uh, investigate uh, your word, uh, as we investigate uh, the gospel, the gift that you've given us, that uh, as uh, Brother Dawson Todd and, and his family have done, that we would go into our community, that we'd go uh, into our families, and that we'd share that with those that we come into contact with. God, we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, we're talking about uh, some pretty serious behavior here in Deuteronomy chapter number 21. And when we look at this, uh, we're not talking about just another kid that um, does something wrong and is, is repentant afterwards. Or uh, when he's corrected, he has, a, he has a soft heart and he changes his ways. Um, we're talking about a very uh, specific type of individual. And uh, here in verse number 18, the first thing that we see is that he is a stubborn individual. That she is a stubborn child. Uh, this is uh, an individual that is more that strong-willed. Uh, this individual uh, has strong will to the point of revolting, to the point of rebellion. He is stubborn. He is rebellious. The word here for rebellious is the word mara, bitter. Uh, and we've, we've heard that word before uh, as, as the Israelites are journeying through the land, they come upon uh, this water that is, that is bitter. It's, it's Mara. And, and it's so bad that they couldn't drink of it uh, because uh, of its poison. This wasn't uh, a little person here, this child that's mentioned in chapter 21 that was a little negative or, he, or, or just, uh, just a, a, a tad uh, rebellious. This is an individual that we're talking about that is poisonous, that's harmful, that, that is so stubborn that it comes to the point of affecting others. Um, all but one time, any time this word stubborn is used or the, the word rebellious is attached to it. 
This stubbornness that is mentioned here is so bad that it causes rebellion. Uh, it causes division. It's rebellious. Verse number 18, again, if a man have a stubborn and rebellious son which will not obey the voice of his father. This stubbornness, uh, this stubbornness, this child stubbornly refuses and will not obey. This child stubbornly rebels and will not obey. He stubbornly resists and will not obey. Ultimately, revolting against leadership, he refuses to obey. He's stubborn. This stubbornness leads to rebellion, and this rebellion leads to a disobedient attitude. Can we see how difficult this child is? Can we see how, how problematic this individual is? Not only are they stubborn and rebellious, not only are they disobedient, but ultimately there's a refusal to be corrected. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him, will not hearken unto them. He's stubborn. He's rebellious. He's disobedient. And he's uncorrectable. This is a pretty uh, difficult individual to interact with. Uh, maybe you've been this person sometimes. Maybe you know uh, individuals that have been this person. But what we see in Proverbs 13.1, a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. They're stubborn. They're at the point of rebellion. They refuse to obey. And ultimately, this son refuses to receive correction. Not just stubborn. Not just rebellious. Not just disobedient. But ultimately, an unwillingness to change. This is huge. Right? Someone who won't be corrected. Someone who always thinks that they're right. Someone who's always upset anytime you try to adjust them. Proverbs 15.5 says, A fool despiseth his father's instruction. A stubbornness that's so bad that it's always rebelling. It's so bad that it refuses to obey. It's so bad that it won't be corrected. Proverbs 10.17 says, He that refuseth reproof erreth. Proverbs 12.1, He that hateth reproof is brutish. Proverbs 13.18, Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth correction. Proverbs 15.10, Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way. And he that hateth reproof shall die. Proverbs 15.31, The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. This individual is stubborn. This individual is rebellious. This, this individual will not obey and ultimately rejects correction. Proverbs 29.1, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Um, if you have your Bibles or um, you're in your Bible app, turn over with me to Deuteronomy chapter number 11. Uh, just a few chapters back, Deuteronomy chapter number 11. I'd like to contrast this individual uh, with the individuals mentioned uh, in verse number 18 and onward in Deuteronomy chapter number 11. There's a command to parents. Therefore, ye shall lay up these words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. 
And you shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt write them upon the doorposts of thine house, upon thy gates, that your days may be multiplied, and the days of your children, in the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers to give them. You see, we have two very different events happening here. In Deuteronomy chapter number 21, we have parents that are not teaching their son and their children how to follow the law and how to obey the law. Rather, they are dragging their children before the law. You have a son that, that in verse number 22 of Deuteronomy 11, it says, For if ye shall diligently keep all these commandments which I command you, to do them, to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to cleave unto them. That's not what we're hearing in Deuteronomy chapter 21. And ultimately, what we see in Deuteronomy chapter 21 is stoning, not here in Deuteronomy chapter 11, their days being multiplied. There's a contrast here that occurs between the children that are involved in these two different events. One is stubborn and rebellious. The other loves the Lord. One has the parents leading them to the Father. The other has them being judged before those and ultimately being stoned. So it brings us to the point. Here, the first point that we're going to look at in this passage is that he announces the punishment. He announces the punishment. There is a punishment for those who are stubborn, those who are rebellious, those who are disobedient, and those who are without correction. Let's read the passage again. Verse number 18, If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and that when they have chastened him will not hearken unto them, here's what they do. Then shall his father and mother lay hold on him and bring him out unto the elders of the city and unto the gate of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of his city, This our son is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard. And all the men of this city shall stone him with stones, shall stone him with stones that he die, so shalt thou put out, so shalt thou put out evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. Understand, this wasn't an option for these parents. It wasn't optional to bring their child before the elders of the city. It was an obligation that they had. Understand that disobedient and rebellious children were to be brought before the elders and ultimately put to death. Why the intensity? Why, why the severity? Why this punishment? Why stoning? The first thing that we're going to see under the punishment is that it's for the son's motivation. It's for the son's motivation. Verse 21 says, All the men of the city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put away, put away evil from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear, right? All means all. These sons that are in this group of people, the sons of the children of Israel, they are hearing this. And I imagine stoning uh, is a great motivation for good behavior, right? Um, I know some kids, um, I, I tell this story, don't, uh, Allie's sister um, was one that uh, when she would get spanked, she would be like, that doesn't hurt. Um, and, and you get in more trouble, right? 
but because for her, it was one of those things that um, it, it's not enough. Um, but the threat of death and stoning certainly would be enough motivation for these sons that are in the children of Israel. All men represent uh, in this stoning. The rest of the people, all Israel, they would hear uh, and fear. Ecclesiastes 8.11 says, Because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Those individuals that are not corrected when they err, when they sin, their heart is set to do more. Their heart is set to sin once again. Too many parents think parenting is a negotiation. That if I cry enough or gripe enough, if I uh, cop an attitude or embarrass enough, maybe they'll listen to me. There's some of the biggest uh, pragmatists in the world as they set rules that are changed and expectations that are lowered. But parenting isn't a set of negotiations. Parenting is a set of boundaries. Boundaries that must be established. Boundaries that must be set. Limitations. Corrections. Proverbs 13.24 says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. Uh, Proverbs 19.18, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. The motivation for sons. There is a punishment for the sin that you commit. When you are this bad, stoning is the only option. Parents were obligated to bring their children before the elders for stoning. But it's also not just for the son's motivation. It's for the father's evaluation. It's for the father's evaluation. And all the men of the city, verse 21, shall stone him with stones. That includes the fathers that are there in that city. So that shall thou put evil away from among you, and all Israel shall hear and fear. All the men, all the dads, all the fathers. You'd have to walk away asking yourself, am I raising my children the way that they need to be raised? You're asking yourself, back in Deuteronomy chapter number 11, am I teaching them in the way that they should go? Am I, am I teaching them and training them so that their days are multiplied, not shortened? Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Listen, I need to correct my kids, but before I correct my kids, I need to correct, need to correct me. Before I force these obligations and boundaries on my children, I need to make sure that I am following those obligations and boundaries that God calls me to as a parent and as a father. I need to be training them in the way of the Lord. I need to be teaching them the commandments of the Lord. I must be displaying to them a life that is devoted and committed to Jesus. I need to correct my kids. But more than that, I need to correct their dad. You need to correct their mom. Ephesians 6.4 And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Don't provoke them to wrath means don't push them. Don't be a tyrant towards them. Don't yell at them uh, as if they're being inconvenient uh, and, and embarrassing me. I, I need my parenting corrected before I correct my children. found that parents that are usually um, unable to uh, and, and, and unwilling to correct their kids, their kids slip into this cycle. Stubbornness, rebellion, disobedience you see it in the you see it in the mall right you see it in the store that kid that's that's lying on the ground that's 
that's screaming, that won't obey, that won't listen, that, that's unable to be correct. And, and oftentimes what we see is that a child that's unwilling to be corrected starts with a parent that's unwilling to correct themselves. A parent that's unwilling to change the way that they parent uh, and the way that they live in order to align themselves with the Word of God. How many times have, have we heard someone say, I don't, I don't spank my kids because it's abusive, but the next day they turn around and you hear them yelling and screaming at their children. So as the stoning is taking place and these rocks are being hurled at these children, kids seeing it or at least hearing about it are, are motivated I don't want that to happen to me. And, and fathers, as they're having to be involved in this, are saying, am I raising my children so that this doesn't happen to them? It's for the son's motivation. It's for the father's evaluation. And it's for the good of the congregation. Verse 21 says, All Israel shall hear and fear. Yes, it's a severe punishment. Yes, stoning. But ultimately, what this passage says is it's so for the good of all Israel so that ultimately they would hear the Lord and they would fear the Lord. The child that's stubborn to the point of rebellion is to be stoned. Rebellion. A spirit that is embittering others. An attitude that is poisoning to others. Understand, this rebellion, this stubbornness, this disobedience and uncontrol- uh, uh, un- an inability to be corrected, understand that it's not just affecting the child, it's affecting their family. It's not just affecting their family, it's affecting their tribe. It's not affecting their tribe, it's affecting the children uh, of Israel. And so whether it's a Christian school, whether it's a, a church, whether it's a Christian family, the priority was on the health of the whole. You don't jeopardize the whole for the son. You don't jeopardize the, fam, uh, the, the whole for a family member. Stubborn to the point of rebellion, it affects other people as well. It affects others as well. Proverbs 10.12 Hatred stirreth up strifes. Someone is stirring up strife. They have hatred or rebellion in their hearts. Proverbs 29.22 An angry man stirreth up strife. Or someone that is stirring up strife has an angry or rebellious spirit. That person must be dealt with. That person must be corrected for the good of the congregation. For the good of the church. For the good of the school. For the good of the family. Rebellion has to be corrected. It's for the son's motivation. It's for the father's evaluation. It's for the good of the congregation. That son that is stubborn to the point of rebellion, refusing to obey, beyond being able to be corrected to the point of no return, he must be stoned. He must be stoned. This was a part of the Jewish law. And so imagine how shocking it would have been when, when this new rabbi, this new teacher, Jesus comes on the scene and begins to tell this story, this parable uh, of a son, uh, of, a, of a rebellious boy who demanded his inheritance. Who said, give it to me. Dad, uh, basically, I wish you were dead. He refused to be corrected. He demanded the money that he was due, that he, that he deserved. And he went into a far country. He wasted it all in this drunkenness and gluttonous and riotous lifestyle. And so what they must have been thinking, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, is it's time for a stoning. That's the law. That's what's next. 
this rebellious, this stubborn, this uh, uncorrectable, disobedient child, it's time for him to be a stone. And imagine his shock. Right? Imagine the Pharisee's shock when the son comes back. He comes to himself and heads towards home. And dad runs to him, not with a rock, but with a robe and with a ring. All the blessings that a father can afford. Dad's running at me. He must be furious with me. He's going to kill me. Literally stone me. Lawfully. This boy was blown away by the grace that his father had given him. He deserved to be stoned. There's probably two reasons that this father approached him the way that he did. The, way, the reason that he ran to him. First, first is probably just his passion and love for the son. He still cared for him. He still loved him. But the second is probably because of his protection. Right? The elders, all the men of that city, as this rebellious, stubborn son runs back into the city, it's time for a stoning. He deserves to die. The father pouring out his passion. The father putting up his protection to cover his son. And what does he put on him but his best robe? What's the best robe in the house? It's the father's robe. Right? What's, what's the best ring in the house but the father's ring? This was a sign of authority. I'm not going to make you just a servant. I'm going to make you a partner. When else do we see this but in Genesis chapter 41 when Joseph is going uh, before Pharaoh and he's interpreting the dream for him. right? And he gives him a, a resolution to his problem. Over the next couple of years, we're going to uh, siphon some of the, the food and we're going to save it and, and, and store it so that when we're experiencing the famine, uh, we can preserve our people uh, alive. And what, is, what does Pharaoh do? He makes him the prime minister. Right? And, and he, gives him, he gives him his ring. His ring that as Joseph is walking around and they're saying, who are you? He can hold up the ring saying, I represent Pharaoh. And this son who is coming back to his father, who's given this robe and given this ring, is coming back and saying, don't look at me because of my Sin, look at me because of who I, who, I who I represent. Their jaws dropping, these Pharisees and these Sadducees, as they're hearing the story of the prodigal as it's told by Christ. And what changed? Did God change the punishment for a stubborn, disobedient child from Deuteronomy 21 to Luke 15? No. The law was still the same. The punishment is still the same. It's simply that someone paid the penalty for us. The death that was due had already been paid. He announced the punishment, but what we missed, what was missed, is that he also alludes to the provision. Look at verse number 22 of Deuteronomy chapter number 21. He says, And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be, uh, uh, and he be to be put to death, uh, and thou hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree, but thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land be not defiled, which the Lord thy God giveth thee for an inheritance. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul uh, quotes this about a different son. He quotes this about uh, a different individual. He says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. 
For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in the things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Doesn't that match all of us? That there are times in our lives that we do not do all the things that are written in the book of the law. And so all of us that sometimes are stubborn, all of us at times are rebellious, all of us at times are disobedient, all of us at times are uncorrectable, and we're cursed. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is, is death and hell. We're all sinners. We all deserve the punishment that comes for sin. We are cursed. But in Galatians chapter 3, verse number 11, it says, but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ, Son of God, hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. You who are cursed because of your rebellion. You who are cursed because of your stubbornness. You who are cursed because of your disobedience and your, your inability to change, your inability to be corrected. You who, who are cursed for that, Christ was made to be cursed for you. You, the stubborn son. You, the rebellious son. You, the disobedient son. You, the incorruptible son. You must die. The son must die. And the son did die. Jesus died. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Romans 5.8, But God commended His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, God didn't change His mind about sin. God did not change His mind about the punishment of a son. He just loved you so much that He was willing to give His Son to die on the cross for you. He gave His Son to die on the cross for me. There still must be a correction for our kids, but the death penalty has already been paid. The death penalty, the stoning, the curse of being hung on a tree, it has already taken place. I'm so glad that when I deserve the stoning because of my rebellion, because of my stubbornness, because of my disobedience, I'm glad that my Father came not with rocks, but with His robe. Glad that my Father came not with stones, but with His ring, His robe of righteousness, His ring of partnership. He covers me with His love in a relationship. Man, this, this son that's mentioned here in this passage, he's a pretty bad kid. He's stubborn. He's rebellious. He's disobedient. He's incorrectable. But but that's, that's who we are. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. All of our righteousness is as filthy rags, and we stand before a holy God cursed and condemned because of our sin. The wages of sin is death. Ultimately, we all deserve a death in hell because of the sin that is a part of our lives. But God offers hope. He offers you forgiveness. Romans 3.23, for the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3.16, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We're destined not for uh, an eternity separated from God, but God offers an eternity in His presence. 
He'll make you new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He offers this newness. He offers this hope. He offers this forgiveness to you. But it's not through your morality. It's not through your ability to do what's right. It's not for your ability to, 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 to pay for your own sin because none of us can. It's through the blood that Jesus paid on the cross that we have hope of an eternity with God. But God commended His love toward us and that while we were sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. You can have a relationship with Him. If it's you today that is standing before the judgment, cursed because of your sin, you can have a relationship with God today. Romans 10.9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10.13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And when all of us are that rebellious, when all of us are that rebellious daughter, Christ died for us. Christ became the curse for us. I don't know who you are, I don't know if you're standing cursed or if you have been freed from the curse. But I know that today you can know for sure that you have a relationship with God and that relationship will last for all of eternity. After the service today, I'll be down front. I would love to talk to you and let you know how you can know 100% be confident in the fact that you have a relationship with Jesus. Are you the son? Or have you been saved by the Son? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to study your word. God, I pray that as we investigate Deuteronomy and we see this picture of Christ, the one who frees us, the one who saves us, we see our own depravity and sin in this passage, God, that I pray that you would convict our hearts, that you convict our minds, and that ultimately our lives would change as a result of the teaching of of your word. God, I pray that if there's anybody today that hasn't accepted you as their Savior, that tonight would be the night that they would have confidence to come forward and have peace and comfort knowing that they have a relationship with you today. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you do and have done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.